Hello and welcome to Ramblings from Nowhere. As always, I'm your host, Jason Hull, and joining me again this week is my co-host, my slightly under the weather co-host, Mr. Clay Dotson. Just call me COVID Clay. <laughs> Clay. Fucking kill me. Clay. You 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 have caught the COVID. I, I have caught COVID. No joking around. And um, yeah, so I don't know if I mean I was at a wedding last Saturday. I was in the wedding. A uh, week before that, uh, someone had called me, and this is getting weird in 2020. It feels like people now are just hopefully not afraid to speak up if they've been around with somebody with COVID because my best friend got it and I was around him and he called me like, you know, a respectful person. Hey man, listen, get tested. So, you know, the first thing I did, I called work, told him, Hey guys, I'm not coming in. I'm going to get tested tomorrow, the next day. And uh, just letting everybody know that I've just been around somebody. I wasn't showing any symptoms. I you know, I felt fine. And so the next day, I couldn't get in to get one of those uh, immediate tests until, like, later on in the day. So the entire day you're sitting there because I'm going to be in a wedding at the end of the weekend. So it's, like, uh, Wednesday. So I'm sitting there, like, nervous. I'm working from home. I'm like, gosh, I, I'm not, I don't really feel, like, up to the challenge of having these swabs stuck up my nose, but whatever's clever. <laughs> so I get the test. It felt like... Um, you know, when you get water up your nose, but just times three, I guess. I wouldn't say times infinity. That's being overdramatic. Uh, but I tested uh, negative. Now, I know that there are those things out there like, oh, well, it can take so many days to manifest, whatever. And my friends were fine with the test, and so they wanted me to be in the wedding. And uh, that was last, not this past Saturday, but about a week ago. And then last week, I think around... Wednesday night, I started getting a fever, and I was like, "All right." And a lot of times during, you know, this, I'll uh, I'll get a sinus infection with the change of the, the seasons and stuff. And so I'm got like a, we've got a temperature. I'm sitting there like, "God, okay." And you know, I go to work the next day, and I'm like sitting there thinking, I was like, "I gotta conduct like a, a training with three or four guys." I was like, "Man, what if it's COVID?" You know, you can't take that chance. You don't want to like sit there and fuck with other people like that. So uh, I told him, I was like, "Listen, I'm going home. Something I just don't feel right." And yeah, I ended up with the temperature the entire day. I I don't know how I broke it, but I woke up the next day. I felt like I've been swimming in a pool. <laughs> um, but uh, I feel I know. So, anyways, probably, sorry, uh, someone was just texted me. So, to finish the story, um, yeah. So, I ended up getting tested Saturday. I couldn't go in Friday. They uh, it was full when they said that. Hey, you've got COVID. I was like, great. So, what I'm feeling like, I don't, I, I don't feel sick. I feel like there's like my lungs are probably inflamed. I'm sure it's a respiratory disease. Um, I'm not. I don't know. I, I don't feel sick. Mm-hmm. But today it hit me. I was having this extreme pressure around my sinuses, and that was just annoying, you know. Mm-hmm. And other than that, I'm over it. So I've just been taking supplements and stuff like that. And I'm hoping to get tested, like, Saturday again, make sure if I'm okay to go back to work. I don't like working from home, but the thing is, it, these are strange times. And so it's okay to sit there and say, hey, listen, I'm not going in. But what I was trying to get to earlier, though, is that this feels like this is the 2020 STD test. Like I, I called people and said, hey, listen, just letting you know, uh, as a heads up, I hate to be the annoying one, whatever, the bear of bad news. 
you may just want uh, you know quarantine just in case, whatever. You know, I, I had it. So we think, and I talked to one of my nurse friends, she thinks that I could have gotten it from someone at the wedding. Because mm-hmm. at first I was thinking, my patient zero, has this been, you know, supposedly with that test? I don't know. There's a lot of misconception out there, but, you know, I've, this is my friend's been a traveling nurse, and she's seen it in California and New York, all that stuff over the summer. And uh, so, yeah, I'm just feeling great. All right. Well, I am glad you were able to join us. Uh, yeah. uh, I was a little worried at first, but obviously you're going to make it through to the other side. So uh, we are going to talk some movies this week, Clay. Uh, it's going to be kind of uh, just movies, more or less. We're just going to do a couple of reviews. I know you've got something you're dying to talk about. Uh, we both watched uh, Phantasm, which... Uh, was not what I expected because uh, I had never seen it before, and I don't think you had either, right? Yeah, I haven't. Yes, because we were uh, trying to find something that we had not. I like checking out some of these older ones that we have not seen that I've known about and for some reason just never watched. Uh, like with Phantasm, uh, which we'll talk. Well, I guess we could say that. But anyway, with Phantasm, uh, the when I was a kid and would see it at the video store, the, the cover would always creep me out with the tall man on it and, of course, the sphere and all that stuff. You oh, know? my God. Like, what was going so, on with yeah. that, you know? So, but we'll talk about that stuff here in just a few minutes. Uh, Clay, uh, real quick, is there anything else you'd like to bring up here in the open part before we get down to business? Uh, not really, no. I've just been, uh, like I said, just uh, quarantining and watching a lot more scary stuff on Shutter. And uh, just playing a little Xbox here and there. Just kind of uh, not really been getting into a lot of games lately just because with the Series X getting ready to come out in two weeks, which, by the way, I feel like we've been on this long-ass journey waiting for this yes. to come out, and here we are. Uh, yeah, we're almost Has there. Your Amazon? Has your Amazon uh, listing I've, for it I got updated? No, I got mine through. You you and I got our through. Oh, Microsoft. that's right. Sorry. Yeah. So, and I haven't looked. My wife keeps telling me I need to check it and see... So, because uh, I don't know exactly when they're going to, you know, pull that charge out. So, uh, she keeps pestering me to check it out and see, but I keep forgetting to. Uh, But we're almost there, my friend. Almost. So, um, I'm about the same. I haven't got to play that much here lately. Uh, Both my kiddos were sick. Actually, all three of my kiddos were sick uh, at different times, which gave me the funk. And then we went camping uh, right after I recorded that last episode. And so I haven't really watched too much. I've tried to catch a couple of things here or there. I did finish watching The Boys, uh, second season. Oh, I did too. Man, I caught up on that. It's so good. It's good. Uh, it really makes me, Clay, want to, because it's been years since I've read the comic books, uh, go back and uh, re- reread it and just because uh, I know there's uh, quite a few differences. You know, they obviously. Uh, a lot of differences. Yeah, they have to change. <laughs> Well, you know, and I understand, you know, you have to change some stuff here and there. And the source material is, uh, you think that the TV show is rough, you know, but the source material is even more hard-edged. So uh, there's that. And I think that's about it for me. I really haven't played too many games here lately. Oh, I did check out the uh, Warzone Halloween event. Uh, It's pretty neat. They added a zombie mode to the battle royale and so what it is if you get killed you become a zombie 
and if you kill enough humans, uh, you can uh, regenerate it as a human and come back in. Uh, it's pretty neat. It's kind of a, it's pretty intense, and it's in the uh, mini royale thing, so the map uh, shrinks a lot quicker, and it's a lot smaller area that you're in. So it's pretty neat, and uh, they also have just a standard uh, at night royale mode, which is. Uh, pretty neat too just because you're not used to you know having to play at night so it's pretty neat uh, other than that that's about it i'm going to give the rest i'm going to turn the rest of my time over clay i had promised uh last time we were together i believe it was that uh miss ella kate would join us uh she has a couple of movie reviews that she wants to do if that's all right with you that's fine man. Uh, she's super excited she's been pestering me since we started the podcast she cannot wait she is here with me now. Ella Kate, how are you? Good. Here, you need to talk get a little closer. I'm good. All right. So, you want to tell Clay hi? Hi. Tell everybody else hi? Hey, hi. Ella Kate. So, hi. Uh, Ella Kate, <laughs> what movies, are, what's the first movie you want to talk about? The Nightmare Before Christmas. And how much do we like this movie? One, two skeletons. You give it how many skeletons? Mm, and Sally's. And Sally's, yes. 134. 134. So that's how much she loves this movie. So tell me. That doesn't seem enough. Uh, in her in her world, that's more than enough. Oh, gotcha. So, Ella Kate, <laughs> what, with, of course, Nightmare Before Christmas is about Jack Skellington and how he decides he's going to take over Christmas, right? Uh-huh. And Sally is trying to make Jack under, not understand because there's something... Because there's, like, something wrong about it. Because Sally found, found a flower and was trying to smell it, and then it made a Christmas tree, and then it went fire, and that was trying to tell her something. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, huh. um, what is your favorite thing about The Nightmare Before Christmas? Well, one of my favorite characters, though, I want to start with is... Oh, I'm sorry. Um, Sally. Uh-huh. Why do you like Sally so much? Well, she has pretty brown hair, kind of like me. Uh-huh. And I, I like that she's a doll, and it's kind of cool that she can, like, unsew her arm and sew it back up and take it off and trick people. <laughs> right. It's pretty neat, ain't it? And kind of spooky. Uh-huh. What is your... Well, okay, that's your favorite character. What's your favorite... What's your favorite song in Nightmare Before Christmas? This is Halloween and the Christmas one. So it's a tie? Yeah. What's this? Right? Isn't that yeah. the name of it? Yeah. Can you sing any of it? No. No? I don't remember it. <laughs> you do too. No, I don't. So is there anything else you want to say about The Nightmare Before Christmas? Why should people go watch The Nightmare Before Christmas? Um, Because it's pretty spooky and it's not too scary and it's cool. Awesome. So, cool. Okay. Is here's my question because I need to know what you think. Is the Nightmare Before Christmas a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie? Well, I hate to say it, but it's both. Both. All right, that's that'll work. <laughs> so you can watch it on Halloween or Christmas. So that means when well, Christmas Jason? when Christmas comes around, we can watch it again because that's when I like to watch it. Yeah. Right. Because it's kind of Christmassy and it's kind of actually all the season. That's true. Who else is in it besides San- Sandy Claus? Mrs. Claus. Bunny. The bunny. What? What bunny? 
Easter Bunny. Is, is Helen Bonham Carter in this one? They went through the yes. wrong door. Of course. And they stole the Easter Bunny and called him Santa Claus. They yep. went through like an Easter egg boy. Yep. Yep. All right. Anything else you want to say about the Nightmare Before Christmas? Um, I don't think so. Okay. I said all my favorites. Okay. And I've got... What's so, the name of it? You have one more movie you yes. wanted to talk about. We've been watching a lot of scary movies here lately. Well, not scary movies, but spooky movies. Can I tell about you already have. Okay. Uh, so the other one was Frank and Weenie. Yeah. Frank and Weenie. Frank and Weenie. So tell me, tell them about Frank and Weenie. Well, Frank and Weenie was made up by a kid. He he liked to do science, and it was Halloweeny because Frank and Weenie. It was like. Well, what's Frank and Weenie? What? Okay, so Victor had a puppy. Yes. He a, made it. Well, no, he had a puppy, and his name was Sparky, right? Yeah, Sparky. And then Sparky got killed. Yeah. And so that's when Victor decided he would bring Sparky back to life for his science project, right? Yes. Okay. And he went to school one day, and um, so he saw this experiment in his um class of science, and like you get some electricity, clip some um clips on it and you have to have two and then you clip them onto some arms or legs and then you like get some more stuff and hang it up and you get some like kites or something or just hang, um, plug it to something and then you like get like a little um, board and you put some chains. Okay. And <laughs> you're, going to, you're going to the detail on this one. Wow. <laughs> and then like you um, put the animal on it, and then you use some chains to pull it up to the um, okay. rain and thunder. Uh-huh. And when the lightning booms, it makes him. And but the only way it'll come alive is if you hug him and miss him really much. A lot, right? Mm-hmm. So, who's your favorite character in Frankie Weenie? I hate to say, it, but all of them. All of them, you like them but all. One of my best <laughs> I hate to say it, is a girl but um. I can't remember her name right now. Can you? And the black-haired one. Yes. Yeah, I cannot remember their name. Uh, I feel so very watch, compelled. Like, I really want to go watch this Have movie. you ever watched Frank and Weenie, Clay? No, I never have. Actually, Frank and Weenie is a uh, really good movie. Uh, I enjoy it quite a bit and myself. I have something to tell you about the kitty cat. Okay. It turns into a cat, but it has bat wings. Yes. And it's... I think wow. that between the two, Frank and Weenie is the scarier... Of the two between it and Nightmare Before Christmas, don't you think so, Ella Kate? No, I think they're both fine. Uh, oh, okay. They, they don't even scare you at all. No, they don't scare me oh, at all. Okay. But well, that end part okay, where well, Frank, where Sparky's fighting the cat with the bat wings. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You can talk. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Well, I forgot to say something about Hocus Pocus. No. So. Okay. Go ahead. So I'm gonna say it now, but you know when that zombie came. Last time I watched it, it it made me jump. In so, Hocus Pocus? Yeah, that okay. was kind of scaring me. All right, well, so that's the only scary one you've seen. Yeah. Okay. But it's not So, scary. what's your favorite part in Frank and Weenie? I like um, when, um, I, I can't really describe it. My favorite part is actually when everybody helps <coughs> to get the dog. When they bring Sparky back at the end. Sparky saves, tries to save the people in the fire. Yeah, Victor and the other girl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And then and the other girl. I cannot remember her name right now. Uh, so, okay. So let's give this a score. Uh, uh, from one to ten, man. from on a scale of one, one to, ten, to ten, in Sparkies, how many would you give this? And Victor's. Sparky and Victor's. That's fine. And all the friends. Yes, yes, yes. How um, many? One hundred. One hundred even. Mm-hmm. So that's still pretty good too. All right. Anything else? Well, I need one more thing I forgot to say on Hocus Pocus. Oh, my goodness. Okay. And this is it. Um, Hocus Pocus, um, it was a little scary, but not for me. Okay. Awesome. So, you know what happens now? What? Tell everybody what happened, what Daddy so excited happened over the weekend. Well, <laughs> it was... So it's about Mama. So she loves homework, and we thought it was coming on next weekend. What? No, not homework. Hallmark. I mean Hallmark. So what's happening? <laughs> what's so, happening on Hallmark, though? Just tell them how so excited I am we about were this. Looking, and we saw Hallmark, and Mama was like super excited. And then she can you, just can you tell them why? Um, because Hallmark was supposed to come on. What? What on Hallmark? Hallmark's on all the time, but what is happening on Hallmark right now? It's Christmas, and Mama thought we were going to watch it next month. But so Hallmark has started their Christmas movies 24-7, right? Yeah. All oh the time. Oh, my God. How excited is Dad about this? <laughs> Not even excited. At but all. But Mama was so happy. And you weren't? You're like me, right? You don't care about watching any Christmas movies, right? Hey, I love Christmas. That's my favorite scene. All right, listen. All right, we're going to get back to it. Uh, So we'll find you. I have one more thing to say about that. So Mama was like, Emerson, are you excited to watch Hallmark? Sam, you better toughen up, baby boy. Yes. And yeah. she was, like, excited, and I just got down in the floor and laughed at her. You did. Yeah. All right, well, listen, L.K., thank you for giving us your reviews. Uh, with Christmas coming on, we'll have to figure out a Christmas movie. I'm sure you'll want to talk about... Did we already the... tell about Frozen 2? Huh? Did we already tell about Frozen 2? Okay. So, I know you'll want to talk about Santa Claus yeah. when it comes time, right? Yeah. And a couple others. Yes, but not right now. Okay. I promise you can come talk about Frozen 2 with Clay before too long. Yeah. yeah. So Can't wait. All right. You want to tell everybody bye? Bye. All right. Bye. Thank you, Ellicate. I'm going to have to get some intro and outro wait, music I'm for Ellicate. No, one more thing. No. I'm making my pumpkin. I'm making a pumpkin, Goldilocks pumpkin. For, oh, nice. For school. <laughs> All right. Well, listen. This has gone off the rails. we got to get back on track. Okay. Bye. Right. Bye. Bye. I'll see you in a little bit. Okay. Thanks, Ellicate. Come back with the, We'll see you for the next movie review. Okay. Woo! <laughs> that was a lot to take in. Wow. Yeah, for me, too. I kind of got... Uh, we. She really likes doing reviews now, As you, if you didn't notice that. Oh, yeah. So, uh, but uh, back to what we were talking about, uh, other than the boys... I've not. I've still not caught up on Lovecraft Country, or and I'm pretty far behind on everything, actually. So uh, that's about it for me too, Clay. Anything else you want to add after all that? Uh, I'm, I'm just I, I'm decompressing a little bit after my daughter decided to take over the podcast there. So, <laughs> uh, but that's it here. 
Uh, real quick, Clay, before we get to talking about these movies, uh, I wanted to bring up one little piece of news that happened. Uh, so they've been talking about, of course, Moon Knight was one of the Marvel shows that had been announced uh, back whenever it was now. I can't even remember. Uh, and we've been waiting to hear some casting stuff for that. And today it dropped that Oscar Isaac is going to be Moon Knight. So, just dropped now? Uh, well, I mean, today. I hadn't said this. Today was the, I heard, I saw some rumors, but pretty much it's confirmed today. Wow. That uh, he's going to be doing uh, Moon Knight on, the, of course, Disney Plus series. And they said he's going to be integral to, or have a, uh, Feige said Moon Knight will have a larger role in the Marvel Cinematic Universe beyond the series, which uh, would suggest that Moon Knight will have a significant role in the MCU going forward. So it's pretty exciting. I like yeah. Oscar Isaac. I think he could uh, definitely nail Mark Spector. I'm excited. Uh, of course, Moon Knight. Here's a little bit of backstory, real quick. Uh, Moon Knight was created by Doug Moenich and Don Perlin. He first appeared in Werewolf by Night number 32 in 1975. Uh, former heavyweight boxer turned mercenary. Spector was be- betrayed by his partner Raoul. Bushman on a job in Egypt. Egypt. Left for dead at an archaeological dig site, Spectre is resurrected by the Egyptian Egyptian moon god Khonshu uh, to become its avatar on Earth. As a vigilante, Spectre set up several several false identities as cover, including a millionaire Stephen Grant, taxi driver Jake Lockley. Excuse me. Uh, and then eventually it becomes apparent these guys weren't just roles Spectre was playing and that, but actual identities with their own personalities and desires just as real as Spectre's. Um, so just real quick, Clay, have you read a lot of Moon Knight? I always liked Moon Knight. I mean, I've not read a lot of it, though. I remember when they like kind of redid it with Dave Fincher art, whatever? Yeah, the Warren Ellis run was the one that really brought him back into the lot, you know. Yeah. So, uh I'm the same boat. I've never I mean, I've known Moon Knight forever, you know, but uh never I tried to read I remember when I was a kid I'd try to pick up a comic book. Uh, I'd pick one up at the store every once in a while and just not have a clue what was going on, you know, that yeah. kind of deal. So uh pretty exciting. Something something I have conchu or whatever. Yeah. Get so, this power from. Pretty exciting. Uh Oscar Isaac, that's a good grab. Uh, for that, especially for a Disney Plus show. Of course, now they're, yeah. you know, they are putting a lot more emphasis on Disney Plus anyway with the way the world's going. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. So uh, that's it, Clay. I uh, just wanted to bring that up pretty uh, just real quick because I thought it was an interesting uh, little tidbit that come out today. Uh, so let's move into our movies for this week. Um, huh. We watched a couple of doozies, didn't we? Well, we both watched one doozy, and then this other one that you're about to talk about, uh, wow, just from what we were talking about before, I, I don't even know what to say. Uh, won't you give us a little, uh, won't you tell us about society? Oh, I've just always heard about it <laughs> growing up and how how much of a messed up ending it has, and it literally, wow, it was messed up. Like I could not believe what I watched. It uh, so it's pretty much just this kid. Uh, I guess he's growing up, you know, rich, right? His parents are rich. Mm-hmm. They live in California, upper echelon of the community, and 
uh, he just feels like something's not right. And you see all kinds of things alluding to it. There's all kinds of weird stuff with some of the locals. Uh, his sister, you know, he's he thinks he sees like her whole entire body. Like I don't know, it's just it's hard to describe what I was seeing. But come to find out, like you know, he's not their blood relative, and they, his family, and the community have been literally raising him so that they can kill him. So come to find out, they're aliens, and pretty much the whole end of it is they come together to kill him, and well, they start with somebody else. And they literally start eating the guy and putting their hand through him. And at the same time, they're all naked. Like, all these old people, young people, it's just what they do. And, yeah, it's it's some, it's some very impressive special effects for the 80s. Because it literally is just all these people coming together, having sex, and literally just, like, forming together as one big blob while they also break down this poor guy that they've killed and, I guess, <laughs> absorb him into their community, if you will. But it's it's all kinds of gooiness. It's like it's like the gremlins. Remember the gremlins yeah. when they when they die out, especially at the end of the second one? Yeah. Everything's a mess in that, uh, was it, the theater? Well, um, it's... What were we going to say? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, but yeah, it was just some of the dirtiest stuff I've ever seen. I, and I've watched Cannibal Holocaust, and I watched this on uh, was it Jim Bob, the whatever Joe Bob it was, last, Joe yeah, Bob the Bruce. last drive-in, mm-hmm. which is phenomenal, by the way. And they do have Cannibal Holocaust on there, so if you ever want to watch that messed up movie, you can watch it on Shutter. But uh, yeah, I was very impressed by it, though. I actually took some video of it and sent it to some of my friends, and they're like, "What the fuck are you sending me? Whoa, what am I watching?" Like, if I'm ever tripping, I hope I don't ever think about this. You're an asshole. I just got called everything under the sun. So, um, But, yeah, it uh, it was crazy. I'm also watching a zombie movie. I've not finished it yet, but uh, it's, um, I think it's like Last Cut of the Dead. It's like a zombie movie within a zombie movie within a TV show. Last Cut so, of the Dead. Huh. Yeah. I think that's what it's called. So, um, yeah, I really appreciate you turning me on to Shutter though, because I've been actually just jumping Shutter back in and watching all these scary some, movies. Uh, has some good stuff on it. Yeah, I'm impressed. Um, but anyways, I, I definitely recommend watching Society again. It's just for all the craziness at the end. The last 15 minutes are the payoff. So, so it is a body horror film. I pulled it, the, the the page for it. The orgy. It's like they're not cannibals because yeah. they're yeah. not really human. But, yeah, it's just the fact that it's an orgy. They're all naked, and their body parts and everything are all connected, and it's all ooey yeah, after you after you were telling me about it, uh, like I said, I pulled up uh, just a Google search on it, and I accidentally clicked on images, and you get some uh, you get some uh, pretty pretty intense images just from that. So I, it, I feel like I need to check this movie out. Um, it's directed by Brian Usna. Uh, yep. The reason I bring that up is because Usna is uh, he was produ- he was a producer before he di- was a director, and he directed and his one of the, one of the ones that we've been talking about or I have is uh, he produced Reanimator, which was directed really? by Stuart Gordon. And there's a lot of body horror in that one. I've been trying to get Clay uh, has never watched reanimator yeah uh and i've been trying to get him to watch it and i feel like uh 
it's got some of the same beats to it. You know, we talked a little bit about it, but uh, uh, it's a comedy horror. Uh, I don't want to talk about it too much because I want to try to get you to watch it so we can talk about it. Uh, but yeah, that's I, I knew the name when I was reading over this. I was like, I know that from something. And I just watched Reanimator last night, and that's when it clicked for me. It's like, okay. So he's been doing uh, a lot of the, he's been in the horror side of things, sci-fi horror type stuff for a long time. Uh, it was released, it was completed in 1989 and actually did not come out until 92, which is interesting. Uh, there was a sequel, Clay, in the works, uh, Society <laughs> 2 Body Modification, uh, but never got off the ground apparently. I, dude, like I said, I was very impressed. Does it list who was the uh, special effects? Because uh, Screaming Mad George, uh, dude, he deserves a lot for this. Literally, this guy was referred to as a butthead, and he literally melds with his wife and daughter. And the part that he melds, he literally is the butthole. I'm trying to his face. That was one of the pictures, it. by the way, that it showed when I did that search. <laughs> so yes. Uh, hold on. Let me look here uh, just real quick. Uh, he's actually done special effects. He's been a director, video game work, a uh, whole bunch of stuff. Hold on. So he did, okay, special, get this, special effects, make him special effects on Big Trouble Little China, Predator, Nightmares on Elm Street 3 and 4. Uh, let me go down through here. Bride of the Reanimator. Uh, I'm just looking for some of the bigger ones. Tales from the Hood. Uh, beyond Reanimator, so that's where that feel comes from. You know where I was saying that uh, you know not just use uh, use but him. Uh, I can I can see you know what I'm saying when you can tell, you know like Tom Savini, you know his work. You know what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. Same thing with him. Uh, he was the director on The Giver. Uh, he did some video game work in 1998. He had Screaming Mad George's Paranoia Escape, which I've never heard of. And he's been a, he's a musician as well, so he's got one, two, three albums that he's done. So the dude's done quite a bit of stuff. Uh, I knew he sounded familiar, and I thought I so. Um, there was that. I was looking to see if there's any actors or actresses I actually knew from some of this '80s stuff. I'm sure some of them, if I watched the movie, would be ones I have seen in like you know like a lot of these '80s horror flicks and stuff like that. So, um, let me see. It was released at the Shock Around the Clock Film Festival in London. I'm trying to get down to it. Called it uh, Mark Kermode called it stupid yet brilliant. Would you agree with that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it says Society was a success in Europe, but was shelved for three years before getting released in the U.S. Uh, said director used in an interview, I think European, European Europeans are more willing to accept the ideas that are in a movie. So, uh, interesting. Uh, Arrow Video released a limited edition Blu-ray in the UK on June 8th and June 9th on the, in the US in 2015. Includes new interviews and artwork, a comic book sequel, and a music video by Screaming Mad George. So, and I guess you could probably say that the critical response was, uh, at least mainstream was not that hot. Although I see that Empire gave it four out of five stars. Call That's it, what Jim Bob was saying. Is like it was very popular in Europe, but yeah, literally didn't do anything. So in America, 
Empire rated it four out of five stars and wrote, way ahead of its time, this is a balls-out satire on the disgraceful layer, layers that can lurk just beneath the Avon surface. This is it. This is anti-Ferris Bueller and fiendishly funny. I need to watch this movie. Yeah, dude, you need to. So, uh, and it is on Shutter, right? That's where it was on the yep. Joe Bob Briggs uh, show, yes. and it under his own banner, right? Uh, yep. On under there, so uh, awesome. Uh, I really wish we'd watch that. You should have told me to watch that one. Now I wish I had. I'm gonna have to check this out just for that last part alone, at least. So uh, there was that one, Clay, which. Uh, so, just throwing it out there, what would you what would you rate it out of five? Um, I'd give it a, a three out of five. I mean, it's it's, it's a solid. decent flick. Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's all about it's all about the ending. The the it's all about the, the payoff. The payoff at the end. What, sex orgy? Something? 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 Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so from there, Clay, we watched. Uh, we had talked, and we decided to watch Phantasm. Um. So. This is a this was a not this was made in 1979. Uh, it's a science fantasy horror film directed, written, and photographed and edited by Don Coscarelli. Uh, it introduces the Tall Man, a supernatural and ma- uh, malevolent undertaker who turns the dead of Earth into dwarf zombies to be sent to his planet and used as slaves. He is opposed by a young boy, Mike who tries to convince his older brother Jody and family friend Reggie of the threat. Uh, so, Clay, this movie was not what I was expecting at all in the first place. Man, it was not, and it's completely different from as what you think you're looking yeah. at, like, like for instance, yeah. on the VHS boxes as a kid. Mm-hmm. I did not know it was going to be like this. And the thing is, I, what I've been finding on all these horror movies that you've got me watching that I've never watched is that... I assume things are going to be completely different from what they end up being. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought the spears in this. I know about the spears. I know that's kind of a big thing. I know about the the funeral director guy. I know the that's the man. big part. Yes. Yeah, yeah, the tall man. That I never knew that's what his name was. I knew that that's a big you know thing about this, uh, this movie. But you don't really see much of the spears. They're literally, what, less maybe than a minute of screen time? At the most. And the, but yeah. I will say the one time you see them, it is pretty neat. Well, okay, so yeah. you see them twice, but the one time that they actually do anything uh, was really awesome. But, like, that's it. You don't ever see them again. Um, it's, uh, I don't know, the movie just starts so, I was like, because, you know, it starts, so the movie starts at, well, it starts with a guy doing a girl in, in, a, a, in a graveyard. Cemetery. And I'm like, yeah. dude, in my notes, I was like, this yeah. is so, was it the 70s or 80s? This is like 70s. their late well, Late seventies, early eighties. I mean, seventy nine. I was like, man, this is so. T- this is so typical, right? Yeah, you don't see that shit happen in movies now. So, it's just so. It's like, and the, well, his name was Tommy, right? If I'm thinking right, yeah. I remember right. So Tommy has took this girl to a cemetery to get it on, <laughs> which they do, and then after they get done, she turns into uh, the tall man who kills him, and then from there, it's just like. I was thinking the whole time, what am, what is going on? It's like, the, I, I don't think the movie is uh, like edited that well. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not. It, it's it's all over the place. It really is. I mean, I several think, shots of the uh, of the funeral home. I'm like, why? Why are yeah. we seeing the funeral home? Well, what was so the, many? Let's see. What was it? Once there was one. Wasn't there one shot where like it just shows somebody walking into 
like through the gates at the cemetery for no reason, and it yeah. immediately cuts back. Or oh, here's the big one. So Reggie, remember when he comes to their house and like he comes inside and then gets the crap scared out of him by a black woman that's not in the movie ever again. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, he, he's like, doing? like he says her name or whatever and never see the woman again the entire movie. Nope. And I'm like, what? Who was that? And he's like, oh, you scared me to death, blah, blah, blah. And she's laughing. And I'm like, what? What? Who is this? Who is this woman? So, but so, uh, I guess it's like a maid, right? He has I a guess. maid or someone that lives I, with him. I don't know, but like, but anyway, it's like that. It's it's not edited particularly well. I I, I I'll say this: I I did like the movie, but I don't understand. They talk about it being a cult favorite. Um, it just didn't do that for me. I don't see how it. The only reason I like it so much is because it's like just all over the place. And it's pretty silly, yeah. but like and the soundtrack, the dude, oh it's my good. gosh, yeah, yeah, it was good. I it's was like, okay, it, 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 it over, it's overbearing, and it's like right yeah. there on you all the time, and it's yes. the same thing, but at the same time, it works. But like, so Tommy, get, let's get back to the plot here. Tommy gets killed. Jody, his brother, and Reggie, Jody's buddy, are at the funeral home. Uh, what was it? Morning, Morningside, wasn't it? Morningside Funeral Home, I believe, was the name of it. Yep, you're right. Uh, so they're at the funeral home for the funeral, and Mike, who is Jody's little brother, he's 13. They left him at home because they didn't want him to be there, and he sneaks into the funeral home anyway. Well, to the into the cemetery, and like it just it's it's bonkers, like because then Tommy's it. Like I don't know. It's so anyway. You come to find out that the tall man has been keeping all these people that have died and turning them into zombie dwarfs. Right, slaves. Slaves, dwarf the, slaves. Whatever yes. dimension he's from. Yeah, which it's never even mentioned that there's any kind of like science fiction-y part to this, except for, okay, maybe the spheres is the only thing. But like, Well, you do see the kid goes in and, and you see yeah. this, you see all the slaves lined up. Yeah. But, but that's about it. I mean, I, I'm thinking like just supernatural type of stuff, but then it ends up being like this whole other thing, and uh, it's just it's nuts. I I I do think that uh, let's see what's his name. I've got it right here. Angus Angus Scrim plays the tall man, and man, he plays that to the T. You know it. Oh yeah, uh, he does a great job. He's freaky in it. Uh, so. Tommy finds out that, or not Tommy, uh, Mike finds out that he sees the tall man pick up Tommy's casket with one arm and throw it back in the hearse. And he, so he figures out something weird is going on. So he ends up sneaking back into the, into Morningside. And that's when everything gets really nuts because that's when he finds the dwarves and he cuts off, <laughs> he cuts off the tall man's fingers and all that stuff and it's just like and then from there it's just like uh, it, it becomes kind of like a almost like a slasher flick I guess don't you think yeah with the tall man chasing him and Jody and Reggie and uh, it's hard to explain it, it's not hard but at the same time it's like it's just it's so crazy and I really thought like you said 
because when I was a kid, I'm looking at the the box art for this movie right now, and of course, box art was a big draw for a video store at the time because you know, fifty to seventy five percent of the time when you go to the video store, you've not heard of some of these movies. You're looking at the box art and at least for me, I was looking at the box art. Hey, this looks cool. I'm going to check it out. You know what I'm saying? But every time I would see this movie, I'd be like, no, not even going to go there. That looks too yep. freaky. And and I never had a problem with scary movies for the most part, but there was just something about the spheres and the way that dude looked and everything. I was like, no, I don't want to even get near this one. So, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, it gets crazy by the end of it. Uh, I, so that, they end up chasing them. He ends up chasing them around forever. What for? I, I guess a good thirty minutes of the movie. He's chasing Mike and Jody all over the place. Yeah, um, and, and then you find out that Tommy, their brother, has become a zombie dwarf. Yep. And they get chased. They have a chase with a hearse. They get chased. Uh, they're in a chase with a hearse, and that was crazy. <laughs> and end up taking Tommy's zombie dwarf body and putting it in Reggie's ice cream truck. <laughs> and, and uh oh it's it's uh and so from there Tommy ends up being alive, escaping. I see I thought Reggie died. I did too. I don't and then and I that's where the movie gets you at because like we were saying with the editing editing stuff because you never have any sense that Reggie is alive or the other two girls that were helping Mike, uh, the, the Sally and the other one. And then all of a sudden, they're about to go in that door and Reggie just appears out of nowhere. And I thought for sure that that was the tall man, you know, uh, in disguise. Yeah. Doing something like he did with the woman. But then it ends up it was actually Reggie. And then... You find out about the other dimension and the zombie dwarfs and so on and so forth, and then did you look up about it, the sequels? It seems like Reggie I, becomes like a a main focal character. I think so I looked at them because I thought I, I I thought I should watch the rest of these just to see what happens, you know, because the end of it is so out there in the first place, you know, because okay, so they escape the house. And somehow or another, Reggie with uses tuning fork magic, and <laughs> and opens up the portal and starts. I thought the house was going to get sucked into the portal, along with everybody else. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I don't know if that ever actually happened because it never shows it. It shows the house glowing, and that's it. But Reggie apparently gets killed outside by the blonde-headed chick, who may or may not be the tall man. I'm not. I'm still not entirely sure on that. What's going on? Uh, so he gets killed. Jody and Mike run away. They go back to their house. Jody has this huge plan. We're gonna go to this mine. I'm gonna hide all of the signs. You go home and lock all the doors until I get back. And of course, when they do that, Mike does that, and then the tall man shows up at the house, which is pretty freaky. When I knew he's gonna open that window and the dude was gonna be there, but it's still freaky. And then that part where he where the door blows open he's standing there that dude is legit scary you know yep. uh, that made me think of when he was walking down the street and he walks by Reggie's ice cream truck and Mike's across from it and all that that 
the the cold air was hitting the hot air and that smoke and stuff was coming out and he just stops and it's just like little breathing <laughs> he it gets in. a whiff of the ice cream <laughs> mm, ice cream smoke delicious it's so weird but then uh, after that so then Mike is gets chased all the way to this mine which when you when Jody seems like when he's talking about it it's like way far off because he has to drive to it right but right. then he chases they run all the way to the mine and Jody's like don't have fear don't have fear and blah 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 and they have this huge elaborate trap somehow or another they have this trap set up they cover the mine shaft which is 10 miles deep Jody jumps or Mike jumps over the mine shaft the tall man falls in the mine shaft Jody pushes 500 tons of rock I've never seen so many rocks fall down the side of a mountain in my life and cover the, the tall man up quote unquote kill him and then the next thing you know Mike wakes up and Jody's dead and Reggie's taking care of him but that was the weirdest thing too that's where I get really lost because yeah. then they say that Jody gets killed in this car wreck isn't that what it was they said yep and it's uh I have no clue that's what made me want to watch the rest of the movie because or I mean the rest of the series because I'm like I don't even understand because Jody, the last time you see Jody, he's on top of this giant hill doing a, 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 like raising his fist in the winter, you know, the Rocky pose. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, he's dead and Reggie, who was supposed to be dead, is back alive and I'm like, what's going on? And then Mike goes up to his room, tall man appears, Mike gets pulled through a window, end of movie. And I'm just like, what just happened? No idea what happened. But that being said, and I realize that that's probably not the best recap of a movie ever, but <laughs> that's about how it is when you watch it. Because as I said, like we were saying, the editing, it's just like all over the place. It just jumps around so much. But um, we were talking about this beforehand. Clay, there are some absolutely classic quotes from this movie that had me cracking up. <laughs> <clears throat> probably my favorite one, though, and uh, it's from the tall man and the dude he doesn't talk much but when he does he, he lays it on thick and oh yeah uh, his, his, over the top <clears throat> his best one is you play a good game boy but the game is finished now you die which I don't do anything like him obviously but it was really good but then you have ones like Jody and Mike when Jody finally believes what's happening and he leaves Jody at home or leaves Mike at home with, and he gives him a shotgun and he looks at him and says, now remember, you don't aim a gun at a man unless you intend to shoot him. And you don't shoot a man unless you intend to kill him. No warning shots. You listening to me? No warning shots. Warning shots are bullshit. You shoot to kill or you don't shoot at all. <laughs> like I was, So, in full disclosure, the first time I watched it, Clay, I fell asleep while I was watching it because it was super late. And I woke up right when that scene was happening. And I, I stayed awake long enough to watch it. I was like, I don't even know what's going on. I'm going back to sleep because it was just like, I was like, what is going on? Uh, so there's that one. And then, uh, then there's, uh, Jody. There's one between Jody and Mike and Jody's like, what's out there? I don't know. It was a little brown. It was little brown and low to the ground. And Jody says it was probably just a gopher in heat. (laughs) (laughs) Because what else would it be? Right. So uh, I don't know. I I enjoyed the movie. I really did, and I would watch it again, just because it's so crazy. 
But at the same time, I, I like I said before, I don't really get the cult following that it has personally. Um, I mean, uh, Bad Robot, you know, J.J. Abrams, they come in and did a full remaster and a 4K transfer of it. So, and I know people love it, but I just don't, I don't really get that part of it. I don't, I don't, I honestly don't think it's that good of a movie. And maybe that's the editing that really kills it. So, what do you think? Ah, uh, dude, it's a it's a good movie. I mean, I'll give it a three out of five. It's I'm not... yeah. I'm, again, I'm not saying that it's bad, but I don't. When I think of you know some of these cult movies, like well, I'm looking right here, like Heavy Metal's one that's on the side of this page that I'm on right now. Uh, heavy Metal stuff like that. Uh, true cult movies. I don't know. I, I don't know where it gets its real cult following at. Maybe it's just from the Tall Man because he is a really good character. I think if we watched it a little bit more closer to the time it came probably, out, I think we'd probably have a better a appreciation it. for it. Yeah, yeah, because I would have been three years old when this came out. So, um, going down through here just real quick, um, not really anybody of note, uh, star wise that I can see. Um, it was I'm trying to I'm getting down through here to some of the other stuff critical response really nothing uh, I don't know it's it's pretty good it does have a it was rated 25 on cable channel Bravo's list of the 100 scariest movies movie moments it plays 75 in London time out of London's 100 best horror films uh, Joe Bob Briggs included at 20 in his 25 scariest DVDs ever now I think this would be a fun movie to watch at a drive-in theater actually I could really see something I, I could have a good time with that um so you know that's what you're looking at it's uh oh that's interesting so the name of Star Wars uh of, of Captain Phasma uh, Abrams said Phasma I named because of the amazing chrome design that came from uh, Michael Kaplan's wardrobe team it reminded me of the ball and Phantasm and I just thought Phasma sounds really cool huh I don't think I knew that actually yeah so uh, there's that Clay I'm with you I'd probably give it a 3 out of a 5 um, anything else you would like to add to this one uh, nothing really I mean, like I said, I enjoyed it. It's not, like, my all-time favorite, but, you know, for what it was, it's I, cool. I do dig going back, like we were saying, and watching some of these um, movies that, as we said, you know, when you saw them at the VHS box, it would either want you to rent it or it would scare you to death and make you not want to rent it type of deal, you know? Um, yeah. So, uh, interesting little bit here. Uh, Don Cascarelli, the director, Um he uh, also did uh, The Beastmaster, which is uh, for, I used to love as a kid, and Bubba Hotep, which was the Bruce Campbell Elvis in a uh, retirement home. Retirement home, yeah. yeah. Uh, the zombie, or not zombie, but what it was a uh, mummy. So, uh, kind of interesting. Uh, Clay, well, that's it for this week's uh, movies. I'm having a good time with the uh, horror stuff. Like you said, it's fun being able to go back and watch some of these and check out stuff that we never did watch before. Uh, I'm definitely going to check out Society. Uh, that sounds uh, right up my wheelhouse, especially after watching delightful. Especially after watching Reanimator the other night, <coughs> which I suggest you do. I will watch Society, and you can watch uh, Reanimator. 
compare notes on those two. Both of them, like I said, are quite a bit of body horror in there. And those uh, next week, Clay, uh, we're going to dig into what we've been waiting to talk about for quite a while. Uh, we are going to check out the 1978 George Romero classic, Dawn of the Dead. Uh, I can safely say for both of us, it is a fa- our favorite in the series. Right. I would say it is. I mean, besides the original, Day of the Dead's all right. Uh, uh, Day of the Dead's just... pretty good. Not Living Dead's pretty good, but I really think that uh, Dawn, Dawn of the Dead is where you hit the sweet spot. Amen. Um, and we're going to also check out the uh, trying to remember what year it was now. The uh, Zack Snyder remake of Dawn of the Dead. Uh, I know as much crap as I give Zack Snyder on here due to his DC movies. Uh, people expect me to crap on it, but I actually love the remake, and I'm excited to go back and check it out again. Um, so we're going to do that next week, Clay. Uh, probably, let me look at the calendar. We're going to try to have it out. It'll probably come out on the 2nd, but uh, we'll record it that weekend so we'll have a good Halloween vibe going with it either way and it will be the end I know you're going to be sad to hear this it will be the end of our Halloween theme music I'm sorry I, I love that theme music damn it it's grown on you dude I'm telling you it, right? it, dude it's grown on me I missed right, it right loved it last right. year see so uh, anyway Clay with that uh, let's move into a couple other things just real quick um, I do have some emails for us this week Cool. As soon as I can find them on here. Here we go. Uh, first up, I have an email here from uh, Glenn. Uh, he says, first off, I just watched the Titans-Texas game, and wow, what a ride. Tighten up. It's too bad they could not do that this weekend. Uh, that was terrible. Sure. Uh, I hope all is well. Uh, my question for you guys this week is, what is the scariest sci-fi monster slash bad guy? My answer is the Reavers from Firefly. They never got fully fleshed out in the series, but the idea is the idea that they are people who lose their humanity in the vastness of space it had the potential to be creepy as hell uh clay what do you think first thing come to mind ah oh, man i want to say uh, the thing from the thing uh the john carpenter thing yes yeah uh that's a good one uh for some reason the first thing that popped in my my mind what thinking sci-fi monster was the xenomorph obviously from the alien movies yeah um, it's always a good one. Um, trying to think of other stuff. I can't really think of nothing right off the top of my head. Uh, bad guys-wise, um, if I go back and look at uh, me as a kid, it'd probably be Jason Voorhees. Um, Freddy, at first, scared me to death, but like as they softened him up some, you know, even as early as the second one, uh, they took some of that edge off of him, and it slowly become uh, more of a slapstick almost type of deal. With him, I kind of, you know, it kind of lost some of its uh, frightfulness. But if I was going to have to choose a actual person, uh, probably Jason Voorhees, just for at the time, you know, I mean, Friday Thirteenth series was rolling big time, you know. So that's what I go yeah. with. Um, he also had a follow up email to that email. It says two more questions. Uh, do you plan? to binge season one of Mandalorian before next Friday's season two premiere. And I finally got my tax refund. I can buy a new Xbox. Welcome to the dark side, my friend. Uh, do you think they will release yes. more pre-orders? Any advice? Yes. Uh, first up, uh, Mandalorian, 
I would love to go back. I, my thing is, every season when something comes out that I love, uh, be it Mandalorian, Stranger Things, or whatever, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna binge the first season and refresh it in my mind, and then it never happens, and it hasn't happened yeah. with this one either. Uh, I thought the same thing with the boys, just to, you know, get to be fresh when it comes, but it just never happens. Uh, at some point, I will end up watching the first season of Mandalorian again, but uh, probably won't get to before. I might watch the last episode, Clay, just as a refresher itself. You know, plus that last episode is really good. So I might uh, go back through and watch it. I think that's a great idea. It's only. So yeah, I think I might go back it? and watch it. What is it? Was it eight episodes? I think eight or nine. I can't even remember right now. But anyway, uh, on to the big question. Um, I do think, I don't know if they have Clay. I've not followed as closely since I've got my pre-order. Um, normally they do release more pre-orders as the, as the release date comes near. Um, the only advice I can give you is that you just have to keep trying. You have to follow, um, <coughs> try to think on Twitter. Clay, who on Twitter can you recommend following, uh, for pre-order news and drops and stuff like that? I just follow a lot of different. Like I follow game. Cheap Ass Gamer. Yeah. Cheap Ass Gamer is a pretty good one. There's another gentleman that's, well, I don't think he's more or less on rumor. Well, I don't know. I'll, have to, I'll find it and try to uh, uh, have follow, you post it. I just basically follow a lot of different um, video game personalities in general. And um, a lot of times they will post, hey, you know, pre-orders are back up. I was able to get one at this time, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, you just uh, And a lot of times I can remember... Um, was it three? No, it wasn't the 360. There was one, there was something where I just, you know, I randomly would go in during the day and try it. And every, I guess it was like the Nintendo Classic or one of those, one of the classic mini consoles. And I would just, and I just would try it randomly throughout the day, different sites and stuff. And I eventually lucked up and was able to get one like that too. So, and of course, there will be some the day of release in stores, obviously too. Um, I don't know if you want to fight through the madness of trying to get one then is the only thing. But um, when you get it, Glenn, let us know. Uh, we will give you some gamer tags, and you can come to the dark side, as I said. Yes, yes. We're excited. So Indubably. Uh, thank you, Glenn. Uh, two, three excellent questions there. Uh, Clay, I've got one more from Josh. Um, sticking with the Xbox stuff, he says it seems like Microsoft is pushing its Game Pass service as hard as it is their as hard as they are their new consoles. I know I know a lot of us have Game Pass. Are you excited about EA joining Game Pass? Do you feel like you get your money out of this service? What's a game you love that you discovered in Game Pass that you likely would have never played without it? So let's start up there at the beginning, Clay. Um, so are you excited about EA coming to Game Pass? Then that's sure, EA, I guess. EA Access is what we're sure. talking about. <clears throat> now, this is just a standard tier of EA Access, which doesn't give you access to new games day and date, but, I mean, as they, what, I guess six to six months to a year out, they will uh, drop them into the EA Access stuff and give them, and you'll have access to it, obviously, through Game Pass now without having to pay... Was it four ninety nine a month? I believe. Yes, it is. So um, I'm excited. I mean, I don't know. As we've talked about this quite a bit, but you know, I'll try a game once or twice just because it's on Game Pass, which is the beauty of it. Um, 
if I bounce off of it, I don't feel bad because technically, I mean, technically I'm paying for it, but in my mind I'm not. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so it's pretty neat. Uh, I'm I'm pretty excited for EA. I can't think of nothing right off the top of my head that I really uh, Syndicate. You remember the old Syndicate game from the 360? Yes, I do. <clears throat> I would like to play that again. Um, do you feel like you're getting your money out of this service? I think we both are, Clay, without a doubt. Oh, no doubt. Uh, so many I, great games I don't think I've yeah. ever would have tried. Uh, that okay, playing. well, on that, what's one that you would have never played without it? Uh, it's called Minute. It's mm-hmm. literally like these little levels that are just, it takes like a minute to literally mm-hmm. beat. And it was just a very unique story. I probably beat it in a couple hours, but it was a fun game, nonetheless. Uh, Gato Kato, whatever, it's kind of like a, um, I guess it's like an old school Metroid yeah. uh, shooter. Uh, played it, beat it, loved it. So, just two examples I can tell you really, off the top of my head. There's too many to count. I mean, we were just going out there and just trying different stuff uh, and it hooking you. Uh, right now, the one that comes to mind, just right now, uh, The Man from Medan, uh, which I, I think we talked about on here a little bit. Uh, Man of Medan. I probably would have never played it if it hadn't been on Game Pass just because uh, I don't really have time to sit down with a game like that. But with it being Halloween and everything, it's like, I'm going to give this a shot. And I am pleasantly surprised with it where we're at right now. We need, we're going to try to get back to it and play some more. And I've got Resident Evil Biohazard lined up as well. Or really? Resident Evil, Evil 7. Is that right? Oh, my God. Right. Go it's, play it. Right. It's so good. I am right. right. Yes. Yes. So, I'm um, thinking about trying to dive into it before uh, 8 comes out, or The Village, I guess is the name of it. So um, we'll see. But anyway, I mean, that's the beauty of the, of the service itself. Uh, I mean, there's just so many games out there. I can just, I, now I can, you know, I just get on my phone if I see something that I might be interested in. Oh, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and download it now on my phone, and then just we give it a shot. Uh, I did one the other day. I can't remember what it is right now. I was trying to think of it. But anyway, uh, yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Game Pass is uh, excellent, and it's well worth the money, in my opinion. Uh, that's it, Clay, for emails this week. Uh, thank you, everybody that wrote in. As always, if you have a question or comment for us, please send them to rfn.podcast1 at gmail.com. Uh, Clay, it's once again that time of the week where we take a moment and look back at geek moments in history. Moments in geek history! <laughs> so, today we would like to wish a happy birthday to Carrie Ells of Princess Bride and Hot Shots fame, among other things. Those are the two that always come to mind for me when I think of him. Uh, we had that. We also had uh, St. Elsewhere premiered on this day in 1982, Clay. Oh, nice. Did you <laughs> ever watch any St. El- Elsewhere? I did not. So, I didn't either, but you know the whole story of how that show ended, right? It was a dream, or no? It, it wasn't a dream. It they, was they were, uh, they were the, all in the, the snow globe type of deal right. or something. So, hold on. So that's the one where they end up in a um, snow globe. It's really, really strange. I always wanted to see it just for that. Uh, and then, lastly, on this day in 1984. The Terminator premiered. <laughs> so 
I was eight years old when this movie came out, just real quick, and I can remember the end of it when he when when his skin gets melted off and everything. Uh, it used to scare the crap out of me. Full disclosure. <laughs> so Full disclosure. those are your geek moments in history for this week, Clay. Nice. Uh, and now you know what time it is. Uh, Man, Clay, give me the hardest question you got, son. I hold in my you have to let me finish the spiel. I hold in my hand the science fiction and fantasy quiz book. It is once again time to stump Clay. That's what I want to start calling it. Stump Clay. <laughs> I'll think of something better eventually. So, Clay, uh, I need an answer or a number between 1 and 10. 4. Number 4. In 1967, Samuel R. Delaney's novel, Babel, Babel, I'm sorry, Babel 17 was awarded a joint Nebula Award with which other novel? Uh, was it The Dispossessed by Ursula K. Lagoon? Flowers of Algernon by Daniel Keyes? The Claw of Conciliator? By Gene Wolfe or Star Tide Rising by David Brin. Repeat that again. <laughs> really, you're going to, okay, okay. <clears throat> uh, the dis, the dispossessed flowers of Algernon, the claw of conciliator, or Star Tide Rising. Or what? Repeat. I mean, hold on. You're killing me. <laughs> I'm trying. To, I, I'm sitting here trying to find the the flipping answers. Uh, hold, okay. Let me read the whole thing again. In 1967, Samuel R. Delaney's novel, uh, Babel 17, was awarded a joint Nebula Award with which other novel? The Dispossessed, Flowers of Algernon, The Claw of the Conciliator, or Star Tide? I'm going with Flowers, man, of Algernon. The Flowers uh, of Algernon. Uh, let's see. That's Algernon? For sure. Uh, the answer is B, The Flowers of Algernon. Algernon, Algernon. Once again, we Hello. have we have not stumped Clay, folks. You cannot stump Clay. <laughs> Stop that. Stop. I've been stumped plenty of times, asshole. <laughs> All right, Clay. Is there anything else you would like to add before we get out of here this week? Not man. All right, awesome. It's a pleasure to have you back with me, Clay. Uh, Thank you. Get over the sickness. Uh, I know you're doing good, but just listen. Hey, on why would I want to get over the sickness when I can get down with so the sickness? So I was going to say, so are you saying you're down <laughs> with the sickness? <laughs> that was the oh dumbest shit, goodness. sorry. Alright, well, that's a wrap this week, folks. Uh, you can find us on all the streaming sites out there, and please make sure and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and all the other streaming services out there. If you haven't joined the Facebook group yet, just search for Ramblings from Nowhere. You can find us on Twitter at From Ramblings and on Instagram it's RFN underscore podcast. Also, don't forget to send us those emails with any questions or comments to rfn.podcast1 at gmail.com. Uh, Clay, where can everybody find you at so find you at on social media? Man, you can you can find me on a Hellskate site, Twitter, Twitter, <laughs> at sweet JJ, the number one, the letter S. Uh, you can find me on Twitter as well at Jason76Z. And Clay, with that, we are out. <laughs> <laughs>